Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Eric McLean, these preview episodes have flown by. This is our second to last preview episode. Next week, next Monday, we will talk Clemson and um, North Carolina. Today, we're talking Boston College and Miami, and it's almost game week. I I can't believe we're almost here. (laughs) Come on, KG. I am just geeking out. I'm so excited. We're at Clemson tomorrow for our final ACC road trip, so that's the last one there. Of course, this is our last regular uh, season preview before game week. I cannot believe that we made it. I'm so excited. Woo. Cannot wait for this season. I know it's gonna. I, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm at the point now where I hate to say I'm tired of talking about it because that's awful. Because that's what we do and that's our job, but. I'm kind of tired of talking about it. Like, I'm ready. Let's play some freaking football. Spot the ball, as the kids say. That's right. So today we're going to be previewing Boston College and the number 14 Miami Hurricanes. But before we dive into this episode, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at On3. The founders of Rivals.com and 24-7 Sports On3 aims to be the college sports destination for fans who don't just love the game, but love the spectacle that distinguishes college football from those other major sports. On3 combines three unique businesses into one company, National News. They're going to cover the ever-evolving landscape that is college football. Fan sites providing that local presence that captures the passion and voice of fans through a team-based coverage. And lastly, a database that will be the ultimate interactive resource ranging from recruiting profiles all the way to NFL draft info and everything in between. They've got it all. Speaking of fan sites, Mac, our friend Matt Connolly does a great job with the Clemson Sports page. That Clemson, that's clemsonsports.com. And each week, you and I will be posting in the Tiger's Den. The last post that I put in there, we were ranking our top five wide receivers in the ACC. We were getting some good reaction there. So if you are not a subscriber, if you are a Clemson fan out there, clemsonsports.com, go subscribe. Get at us in the Tigers' den. We would love to answer questions about the Clemson Tigers and give you guys more in-depth analysis. We will also be posting on other ACC team sites as they are created, so stay tuned for that. We hear that a few are in the works, and we can't wait for that, Eric McLean. No doubt about it. Super excited for this partnership. Again, just a new platform for us and a new way to interact with you guys, our fans, And ACC fans really excited about it. But let's get into the episode a little bit, Kelly Graham. Let's do it. Okay, so I feel like people have picked up on this, but the order that we preview these teams is basically max order of finish. And this is going to be interesting when we talk BC, because I think Mac is a little higher on BC than I am. Uh So let's dive into it. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, we're going to fight Boston College. Head coach Jeff Halfley, second season at Boston College. He began his career at BC in a COVID year, and they actually had a very solid year. Went six and five, five and five in the ACC. Went, the wins aren't as impressive. Duke, Texas State, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Louisville. But hey, wins are wins. Um, Zay Flowers and Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom preseason all ACC. Zay Flowers is one of the best wide receivers in the country. 
and this O-line is supposed to be very, very good. Picked third in the Atlantic. Mac, I feel like we are hearing some Boston College hype. The hype train has left the station in Chestnut Hill, and it's just making its rounds all over ACC country. First and foremost, before we dive into the offense and the defense, Mac, why are you buying that BC hype? I am all over Boston College because of the offense, Kelly. I think this offense has a chance to just be super dynamic. I mean, you talk about guys coming back, the returners that they have coming back. This is going to be the most loaded skill position, skill player at the wide receiver and tight end group that Boston College maybe has ever had. When you look at C.J. Lewis, Kobe White, uh, Jalen Gill, and then, of course, led by Zay Flowers. And then you look at the transfer tight end and Trey Berry, that I think is going to be a mismatch nightmare. He's six foot six, 247, 250 pounds, a matchup nightmare, more athletic uh, than we've seen from, from Boston College tight ends in the past, which, by the way, they just had a really, really good one going to the NFL and is playing for uh, the Miami Dolphins now and Hunter Long. I think Trey can, is just, can stretch the field a little bit better and can be more dynamic. So I'm very jacked up for them. Oh, by the way, Kelly, did I mention they have a potential – Top 10, top 15, uh, first-round draft pick at quarterback. So there's a lot to be excited about this team from the skill position-wise. And then offensive line, I mean, my goodness. You're looking at one of the most talented offensive lines in all of college football. They finally have put Zion Johnson back at the guard position. I think that's a really big key and and almost mistake, honestly, from a year ago, trying to put him at left tackle. Mm. So we've got Tyler Vrabel back at left tackle. Zion at left guard, one of the best uh, centers, if not the best, and Alec Lindstrom at center. Christian Mahogany, who's just a sophomore at right guard, and then Ben Petrula. I'm jacked up about this team, Kelly. If you can't tell already uh, by the months of us talking about them, uh, I I think Boston College is going to be very, very good on offense. And then can the defense keep up? Can can they do a little bit better than last year, keep growing, keep getting better? That'll be what uh, what we find out. Okay, so we'll talk about the defense in a second. First and foremost, let's start with Phil Dracovic. And think about this, Mac. I just had this thought. Wouldn't Notre Dame kill to have Phil Dracovic still there? How silly do they feel right now? Because they're bringing in Jack Cohn, who, again, if Ian Book is a game manager, Jack Cohn is, I don't even know what he is. So they would love to have Phil Jerk at Notre Dame. But hey, Boston College has him, and he's back. And, and we know Phil Jerk is special, especially you know when you look at his numbers, how big he is, his size. He's a prototypical NFL quarterback. But Mac, beyond his size, what else stands out to you about Phil Jerkovic? You know, really how he plays the game, how he is not afraid. He comes in there as a first-year starter last year and takes on the bulk of this team and, and says, hey, we're going to change everything, and I'm going to throw this ball you know, 50 times a game and, and be faced with some really adverse situations. And again, the changes with the offensive line that I mentioned that you know, we're just so head-scratching. Um, I think the biggest thing for him moving forward is, is just going to be a little bit more consistent in, in the you know, mid- to short-range throws. You know, I think, again, that's something that it's so interesting to see when we have these quarterbacks that can just drop the ball on a dime 50 yards down the field but then maybe struggle – in the short to medium range, he'll pick up on that. He, he took too many sacks. You know, again, I think a little bit of that was uh, him holding on to the ball too long. But then, of course, the other side was the, the offensive line in such a disarray, not giving him enough time. That, that should not be a problem this year. And he needs to now do his part 
similar to Sam Howe, getting the ball out quicker, whether it's a check down, getting to, to your reads faster, or just throwing it away. There's nothing wrong with throwing the ball away. I, I tell you guys all the time that you know second and 10 is much better than second and 17, or third and 17. Yep. You know, Just get rid of the ball. So I think that's going to be what we see from him and, and see from his growth. Um, and then just athletically, you know, do we see him more involved in some quarterback run? He, he's not the most uh, electric or the most athletic quarterback, but he can get it done and, and he can move uh, with his feet. And I think he's almost that sneaky athleticism. That's why I compare him to Big Ben Roethlisberger so often. Okay, so let's talk about the running game because Phil Dracovic, yes, he might need to run the ball a little more just to spice things up for Boston College. This is my main concern, Mac. And just being honest, why I'm not as high on BC. The O-line, they bring back some big names. I mean, these are names that, that ACC fans know. Zion Johnson, Alec Lundstrom, Tyler Vrabel, you, you know these names. Last year, they were only able to rush for 102 yards per game. And they lose David Bailey, who was their leading rusher. That's my big question for BC. Can this, can this offensive line and running game, can they work together better? Can we get 150 rushing yards per game? I know they're still going to be a pass-first team, but I feel like they've got to be able to run the ball better. Well, the, the biggest thing, I think, with that initial number, at least, is number one, committing to it. You know, there will be times right. where we're sitting there screaming at the screen, run the ball, and they're just not doing it. Similar to a Pittsburgh. You know, you have to commit to actually trying to run the ball. Uh, number two, you took your best run blockers and you put them on the edge. I mean, just imagine what that would look like, Kelly, now you reverse that, you get them back inside. So I think just from that standpoint, we should see an increase in that number if there's an increase to uh, you know, the commitment to running the ball. Uh, but the, the running back position, I mean, it's not, it's not like there's a bunch of dudes back there, and, and it's led by Travis Levy, who, who I think is talented, and, and he's an older guy. He's been there, done that. But it, it's not names that are going to jump off the screen that you're like, okay, that's the guy. So – I think it's going to be running back com by committee. I think they're going to have to figure it out uh, and maybe even have some younger, some inexperienced guys in there. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think there's any question that it will be an increase from that drastic number of uh, 100 yards a game. I mean, that's, that's almost laughable if you're a Boston College guy. You and I could do that, Matt. I think you so. You go line up at uh, left guard and I'll take the rock and we'll go get a hundred yards. A easily. Game, okay. Easily. No, no way. I would die. <laughs> I would literally die. Um, but no, I like that insight that you're giving me Mac that you feel like moving Zion Johnson to the guard spot. You're going to have more of an emphasis on trying to run block versus pass block. And, and still, I mean, passing the ball is going to be huge for BC. And we know Zay flowers is that dude. Remind me where you have Zay Flowers in your ACC wide receiver rank. Yeah, I have him at number three um, in, in all of the ACC. I, th I think he's that dynamic. As a pass catcher, he does a lot for this offense, can line up pretty much anywhere on, on the, uh, you know, at the wide receiver position, whether it's inside, outside. He, he's a guy that really likes to take advantages of one on one matchups and, and a guy that if he's singled up and there's nobody, there's no help over top. Yeah, he'll convert that route and he'll go deep. So again, from the slot, you know, they they love to use him on screens, jet sweeps, end arounds, just get him the ball. Uh, but again, his his passing influence, it, it's something that can change a defense, Kelly. It's something that this year teams are gonna have to give him more uh just attention and, and more bodies over the top. So then again, if you're CJ Lewis, if you're Kobe White, if you're the big tight end, Trey Barry you're going to be singled up and, and have less attention. So 
whether it's a smoke screen or whether they still are going to find ways to get Zay the ball, his impact is is almost immeasurable because I think it's going to be that big for this team. No doubt. And we'll see. I think those top that top three, Justin Ross, Jaquari Roberson, and Zay Flowers, I think there there can be a debate and a discussion for who's number one. We'll see who performs best. I mean, all three have very good quarterbacks. It's not like one is disadvantaged because they don't have a great QB. Now, DJU is probably the best of the three, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see those three battling it out. Mac, let's talk a little defense with Boston College because, as you said earlier, the defense just kind of needs to get a little better and needs to be respectable. They were middle of the pack in the ACC last year in almost every category. What I find interesting, Mac, is they frequently lined up in a 4-2-5. And and we're seeing a lot of this, right, five DBs because of how much people are passing the ball and spread offenses and things like that. And this is Jeff Halfley, and DBs are his bread and butter. So do you expect the DBs and the secondary to be the strength of this defense yet again? I do, and and really I think a big reason for that is going to be the transfer and Jaden Large would be from Florida State. I think he is a – instant plug-and-play guy. He obviously came to Boston College because of Jeff Hathley and his pedigree in developing these guys into NFL uh, just just game wreckers, and I think he's going to be the next up. And and they have him starting at kind of that strong safety position, but I think he's going to be a guy that really can line up anywhere on the field and, and have that impact, whether it's up in run coverage, if, if it's back deep as a one-high safety, just a guy that you move around all over the place to have – even more of an impact. So I'm really impressed with him. I think Josh DeBerry is going to step up and be really impressive again for this this team. I think Brandon Sebastian, you know, kind of the the fifth year guy there who's been there, done that now, only even getting better. I think is really going to step up. But then the other, you know, positions. Who, who else is going to, uh, you know, step up in that group? Is Mikey Palmer going to be back? Is it going to be uh, Muse stepping up? Is it going to be Jones? You know, who who's going to be at that third? you know, kind of safety spot uh, to really step up and kind of be the uh, the icing on the cake, if you will, for this defensive backfield. For sure. And they're going to need guys to step up. They lose Isaiah McDuffie and Max Richardson, their two leading tacklers from a year ago. So people are going to have to step up. We know that this defense, they took a big step in the right direction last year. They allowed 62 fewer total yards per game. And that was Jeff Halfley basically just showing up, right? Because they didn't really have a spring ball. So I do think Jeff Halfley, because he's had so much time to work with this defense and mold them into his image that they are going to be better. My other concern, and I, I hate to, I'm, I'm being such a Debbie Downer, Mac. I'm, I'm so mad at myself, but this is just, this is, this is real. Okay. I can't lie to you. Last year, the Eagles, they forced 21 turnovers. That's a lot. In 11 games, can they replicate that? You know, you'll see turnover luck change from year to year, unless you're Duke. Oh, my gosh. But most of the time, you'll see turnover luck change year to year. So I don't know. I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I, I think this team can is very much in that 7-5 and five range, but guaranteeing an 8-4, and four, which is, a, I think, where a lot of people are, that's where I'm a little hesitant Am I wrong for that, Matt? Well, let, well, let me start with the turnovers. I, I think that is going to be a big point of emphasis for them. I think they're going to continue to get that. And again, when you have five DBs out on the field, it, it obviously increases your chances, right? You've got five guys who are more so taught to go after the ball. Uh, when, you, when you have extra D linemen or a linebacker out there, maybe not as uh, athletic with the ball skills as, as those guys are. So 
I think that that is going to be something where it is instructed every day of practice. It's something where in meetings it's emphasized. It's something where it's just, hey, this is how we can take our next step is to continue to be this team that can get takeaways, make things happen, give our offense extra stuff. Because, again, when we talk about these teams that maybe don't have elite defenses that can line up and stop anybody, just try to take it away. You know, that that can happen with any you know play given, whether it's a strip, if it's a fumble, if it's a big hit, uh, or an interception with a tip. So I think when you look at that, it's something that they are going to continue to do and really be a big presence with. But looking at the schedule, Kelly, I feel a lot better about it than you do. And, and I think that, again, I'm obviously a, a Boston College homer and, and think that uh, very highly of this team. But really looking at the schedule, I only see – I might only see one guaranteed loss, and that's Clemson. And, of course, we saw what happened a year ago. Boston College had them on the ropes and, and was a really solid game, and then DJ just turned it up and, and 18 points down, said, no problem, I got this. Uh, the other game is that I'm looking at with remote concern is NC State. And, again, mm-hmm. I'm super high on, on NC State as well, although I do have them finishing behind Boston College. So I, I'm going with the over here. I, I totally am. Okay. The win total is seven, gonna, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going over here. I, I think eight, nine, ten even wins is a real possibility for this Boston College team. You heard it here first. And look, Eric McLean knows more. He he in the end, he knows more about football than me. So you can take Mac's word here. Well, let now, me just tell you, in the win game between EJ and Coach, I don't really finish first there. So maybe this is the one part <laughs> not to pay attention to me for, guys. Okay, here's my key. Here's my key with BC. If the win total is seven, if I think what would be a great year for BC in year two, get me eight wins. Like, I think that should be the goal. And then, of course, if you can go beyond that, that's great. But eight and four, win your bowl game, nine and four, excellent year. You have a chance to possibly sneak into the back half of the top 25, whatever. The schedule is very manageable, to your point. My key, September 25th. you got to beat Missouri. Now, that's a team that I think Boston College should beat. I think they'll be favored at home. And of course, it's an ACC, SEC, you know, for the pride of the league kind of game. But if you can go four and zero in the non-conference, all you got to do is go four and four in the ACC, right. which is very, very manageable, right? You beat Syracuse, you beat Georgia Tech, you beat Wake, you beat Louisville, you beat Florida State. You got it, you know, you got it, and then some. So I think Missouri, because they're going to win those first three. I think the Missouri game is huge for BC when you look at the win total. And just you look at their expectations in general. And it'll just really give us a better snapshot of who they are. I mean, those first three games are, let's just say what they are. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to tell anything from them outside right. of execution and how it's sharp. the tour of the Northeast. That's right. Outside of, you know, how sharp a team may look. And, and if they do what we expect them to do, I mean, these are 30 plus wins three weeks in a row. So if we see anything less than that, maybe you're a little bit concerned and, and you have, you know, negative, but I don't think you can really take too much to be positive or excited about when you look at those three games. So I'm with you. Let's circle that one. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the, the very next game, it's uh, it gets interesting in a hurry. Is this an Eric McLean guarantee over the seven? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think All that this right. team, again, with the offense that they have, the, the way the world is going with offenses, all that matters, I, I think that they find a way to get over eight and or over seven, excuse me, and maybe maybe a couple over seven. So I'm excited to see this team. 
Like I said earlier, I think if I had to take, if I had to make a play, I would go over because if they go four and, and of course I've said all these, I've been a Debbie Downer, but I'm still taking the over <laughs> if I have to, because if they go four and oh in the non-con, all you got to do is go four and four in ACC play. All right, Mac, let's talk from the top of the league to the bottom of the league ge geographically, geographically, people don't get mad at me. My yammy, as you said, preseason number 14 in the AP poll. Head coach Manny Diaz, third season at Miami, at least as the head coach. In 2020, they went 8-3, and 7-2 and two in the league. Very good ACC record for Miami and just record overall. Only losses came to Clemson, North Carolina, and Oklahoma State in the Cheez-It Bowl when Derek King got hurt. Preseason All-ACC, no one on offense but Bubba Bolden, the safety, and Lou Headley, the 42-year-old tattooed punter who is so fun. He's preseason All-ACC. Picked second in the Coastal. Look, Derek King is the key here. And I was watching Packer and Durham a couple days ago. The voice of the Canes was on. He was talking about how healthy Derek King is, how healthy he looks in camp. I'm reading camp reports. He's mobile. He's, he's uh, great out of the pocket. He's throwing the ball great, but he's also trusting his legs. I'm feeling pretty good about Derek King's health, Mac. I think this is the big question. How do you feel about his health? What have you heard? Yeah, all, all signs are pointing to 100% recovery and, and that he's feeling great. Again, watching and talking to him at ACC Media Day, you know, I'm, I'm staring at that knee. Is there any limp right. at all? Is there any hitch in his way? My there eyes wasn't. are up here, Mac. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, just talking to him, saying and he feels good. And the recovery went uh, has gone super smooth and, and excited to just see him back. I mean, college football is so great because of Number one, stories like this guy mm -hmm. and, and comeback stories like he's about to do. And so I'm very excited for him, very excited for the Hurricanes. I think that this is going to be a team that really is – is it's almost a two-man race for me, Kelly, to be honest. When you're looking at Miami or North Carolina, who's going to come out of that side of the conference? And in the past three years, I'd be screaming Miami from the rooftops. But this year, I'm leaning towards North Carolina. But – Let's talk about the Canes, and, and let's dive into these guys. Yes, let's do it. So, Derek King, this is his sixth year of college football, and this is why one of the reasons why NIL exists. I'm really glad he has signed, like, 72 NIL deals, <laughs> but I'm really glad that he gets to because he's probably not going to be an NFL quarterback. This is his time. This is his chance to make some money um, where his brand is the hottest, and I'm glad that he is able to benefit from it. Last year, 23 passing touchdowns, just five picks, took great care of the football. He also had four rushing touchdowns. Now, the big question for me, Mac, is his weapons. And he basically returns almost everyone, right? They lose Brevin Jordan, but Brevin Jordan really fell off due to injuries and other things as the year went on. You bring back running back Cameron Harris. You bring back T. Higgins' lost cousin D. Wiggins. You bring back Mike Carley. You bring in Charleston Rambo, the transfer from Oklahoma. This offense should be loaded, right? I mean, we should expect really big things from this offense. Yeah, and another great tight end and Will Mallory. I mean, you're looking at, at such a loaded core that I'm excited for these guys. And I think if they can just figure it out from, from a execution standpoint, there were so many drops last year. Big play drops, touchdown drops from Wiggins and Pope and, and Mike Harley early. Mike turned it on big time towards the end of the season. But I think if they can just figure that part out, they're going to be dynamite. And again, returning 91, 92% of their production from the offense. I think guys like Charleston Rambo, the addition of him is going to be 
huge. I think Keyshawn Smith, a freshman who's getting a ton of love in camp. Xavier Restrepo, another freshman who is just, it seems like every other tweet I'm looking at from the Miami Hurricanes, it's about one or two of those guys. And so I think skill-wise, you've got to be excited. The running back room is just absolutely loaded. Cameron Harris, Jalen Knighton, Donald Chaney Jr., the three of those guys could probably go anywhere else and, and at least be in the two deep, if not starting. So they're loaded up. Uh, Dierick is, is so explosive with his arm, with his legs. Kelly, I think this could be one of the most explosive offenses in the country. And I, and I think they have a really good shot uh, to light up scoreboards. We've seen what Coach Lashley loves to do uh, with his run game, with his big plays uh, through the air. So the last piece to me with Miami is going to be this offensive line. And I think they're much improved. You know, I, I think Zion Nelson is going to be a guy that can play in to a first-round draft pick. He's got the size. He's got the nimbleness, the athleticism. And we've seen him grow uh, just from a little 250-pound freshman to well over 300 pounds now. So that development has been impressive. Corey Gaynor at the center position, he's been there for quite some time and is really a leader of that team. Uh, Jared Williams, uh, DJ Scafey, uh, Donaldson at guard. So they have the pieces to be just a really, really exciting offense, a dominating offense. And at the end of the day, you just have to go out there and do it. But I think they have a really good shot. Big test week one, though, Kelly, uh, to find out how good this offense is. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we talk about their win total. They're playing, um, I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, just this little Alabama. team in the South. Yeah, playing yeah heard about them. So, look, the weapons are there. I mean, I'm very excited about this offense. I think the main key, like you said, Mac, last year, it felt like this team did not have a spring, especially early. You know, you're bringing in Derek King. This is his first season with Miami, didn't have a spring ball. Manny Diaz is still a relatively new and young head coach. You've got a lot to work through. And this year with King, we, he wasn't healthy in the spring, but at least he was able to, to work with his guys. Um, I think it's going to be much, much improved. There's no doubt about it. Can we talk about this defense? Because, look, Manny Diaz, he's taking over play calling duties. He fired a bunch of dudes. He demoted a bunch of people. He said, look, I'm in charge now. I want to start with that because – I know that you were an offensive player, Mac, but and you don't you didn't really have any experience with this because your offensive coordinators were not Coach Sweeney. But what do you think that's like, especially for a defensive player, to say, "Look, my head coach is calling my plays on defense, and he cares so much about this unit." I mean, it's got to feel good, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and you you just get a little bit more excited because you you know his pedigree, you know what he has done, you know that he is a defensive guy. And he's the head coach. I mean, when you've got the head coach on your side, I mean, imagine what those practices are. Offense does really well. They have a great game or a great practice, and he's just cussing out the team saying our defense is terrible. I mean, that's where <laughs> that's where they are. And, and so it's if the defense isn't doing good, it's a it's a bad day. And and of course they lost a ton with Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. But I think just having him over there full time is going to be good for them. So we talked with Gregory Rousseau before the NFL draft and just said, Hey, you know, coach is taking over play calling. What is, what does that mean? What is that? Are you excited, you know, for those guys? And he said, yes, just his energy, his excitement, his passion for the defensive side of the ball. So to answer your question, Kelly, I think it's going to be great. I, I think those guys are going to be really excited to have coach Manny Diaz with them battling it out in the meeting rooms, calling the defense, getting them in the, in the, uh, you know, right way to win. There are some question marks though. As you mentioned, you lose Roche, you lose Jalen Phillips. I know that um, Rousseau didn't play last year, but 
You bring back big Nesta at D-tackle, but who's going to be able to create that pressure off the edge, Mac? Miami recorded a tackle for a loss on 11.8% of its defensive snaps in 2020. They were wreaking havoc. Who's going to be able to do that this year? Yeah, I, I think Jade has to step up and, and get in the backfield more. You know, he's been more of a, a two-gap guy where he's kind of holding the point. He's got to get up there, get pressure. Big Zach McLeod is, has moved from linebacker to defensive end, so I think that natural rush instinct is, is going to be really impressive. And then it's just going to have to be guys stepping up. I mean, obviously Miami has recruited well. Uh, Leonard Taylor, a guy who is a five-star defensive tackle, has to come in and contribute right away. I, I think there's going to be some names that, you know, quite frankly, we don't know yet of that Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche caliber, but you know, guys that'll step up and, and really be, you know, kind of that Miami defensive line that we're used to seeing. So I feel good about them up front. I think the linebacker position, again, with Zach, you know, kind of moving down a bit is going to be interesting to see who's going to step up there and really be the leaders. And then in the secondary with DJ Ivy to Corey Couch, Bubba Bolden, uh, Amari Carter, who will tear your head off in an instant. And then a, another five-star freshman, Kelly, that I'm going to be really interested to see how does he fit in James Williams, who's six foot five, 210 pounds. Do they put him at striker? Do they put him at linebacker? Do they keep him at safety? You know, what do they do with him? And can he, you know, just gather this much of the defense? You know, we saw with guys like Isaiah Simmons, it takes time. And by the the time you have this finished product, it looks like a superhero out there, but it didn't happen overnight. You know, how much can they give James Williams? Because I think he is going to be an instant impact guy uh, given, given his scope of work. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see what they do. I mean, you mentioned his numbers. Uh, he's a freak, his size and, and what he can do defensively. At ACC kickoff on my other program on Out of Bounds, we interviewed Bubba Bolden. And interviewing him, I thought, this guy is Miami. Like, he's perfect. I know he's from <laughs> California, but he's perfect for Miami. He was out there. He was guaranteeing that the U is back. Now, look, he's... He's a player. He should have confidence. I don't know what he's supposed to say. Yeah, I think we'll go seven and five. Like he's never. You're not going to say that. But I like that confidence. I like the swag from Bubba Bolden at the back of the defense. And I know you're expecting big things from him, Mac. Yeah, and, and I think when you look at just saying that the U is back, I think that that's something that Miami itself needs to kind of just get rid of because you, you're never right. going to be at that level again number one because you guys were cheating back then let's just call it what it is uh and oh, now i guess you can legally you can legally do what you did back then but, it, but it's also, just you can't play football like that anymore like, yeah it's just so different i mean they were targeting they were literally killing people out there i mean they, they were just <laughs> destroying you on the defensive side of the ball uh, i think a thousand draft picks between four teams it's just right it makes no sense what those guys were able to do so it's almost this like unrealistic pressure that you're putting on yourself saying that we're back to that. You're not. You're just a new team. It's a different era. It's a different yeah. Miami. They, they say the new Miami a lot, TMT. And, and I think that that is, is something that is really where they should get to. So when we say the U is back, let's just throw that away and not talk about it. I agree. I agree, Mac. I think that's very wise Come of on. you. That's right. I agree. We can't hold that's on to right. the past. We got to look The ghosts the of the U is uh, something that I think have chased them for quite some time. Yeah, for sure. Okay, special teams real fast because Lou Headley is Can I just terrifying. tell you, this is one of the special teams units that I am 
totally fine with us talking about however long you want to talk about it. I know. Lou Headley is a baller, okay? He should contend for the Ray Guy Award. And Andres Borregales is Jose Borregales' younger brother. And he is the U's new kicker. So special teams are going to be good, all right? Special teams will be just fine. Two guys with enormous legs. Lou is just, I mean, he's owned a bar in Australia. Yeah, like how he, old is he, this man? There is not an ounce of his body or, or an inch of his body that is not tattooed. He's my spirit animal. I mean, if I came back as a football player, that is what I would want to be. And, and I think that he is such a weapon for this team. And same thing with uh, Andres. I can't roll my tongue like you did right there. Sorry. Borregales. Uh, yeah. Uh, it is going to be a guy that can boom it. I mean, I've seen stuff from camp, how excited they are for him. So special teams going to be a really big piece uh, to this Miami team. And that's what you've got to have to be great. You've got to have all three working together and they've got a really good shot at uh, the, these three, three these three aspects of the game being in perfect unison. I know we bashed special teams last week, so hopefully that will help us out with the special teams people. Give us a little <laughs> more credit. They are important. Mac just doesn't like how little they have to. I just run don't like them Monday through Friday. I love them on yeah. Saturdays. Don't like them Monday through Friday. That's fine. It's I okay. think that's fair. Yeah, it's life. I think that's fair. It's life. All right, win total. Nine and a half. This seems high. And look, that's Vegas just trying to bait people, trying to bait the Miami fans who really want to see a 10-win season. <laughs> but nine and a half means you have to guarantee a 10-win season. And beyond that, Mac, let's just say, even though I think, you know, we've heard that Alabama's offense does not look great in camp, and I think we're all excited about Miami, but I don't think anyone's saying that you're going to guarantee a win over Bama. Let's say that's a loss. That means you have to go 11-1. and one. Or not 11 and 1, sorry. You have to go 10 and 1 the rest of the season. That is tough to guarantee. This number seems high, Mac. I agree. And sadly, I'm taking the under. Uh, number one, because I think UNC is going to win the Coastal. So naturally, I'm going to take another loss there for uh, the Hurricanes to, to UNC. But it, it's just tough. And, and maybe this team has that and maybe they can put it together. Clearly, leadership is not going to be a problem with a big time senior, super senior. And De'Ara King and, and the the experience that they have coming back. But I just don't think that it, it's going to happen. I, I think nine is a very big possibility. But, of course, that that's under. So I'm hitting the under. I'm almost guaranteeing the under. And I am very interested to see, Kelly, just looking at this schedule, what does the Alabama effect look like? If you mm-hmm. – let's say you hang with them and, and it's a great game. You know, how much confidence does that give you the rest of the season? But – if it's maybe a Florida State instance, like a couple of years ago, where that just ruined those guys, you've got App right. State the very next week. And App State is going to be looking to play you, very excited to play you. Does that turn into two losses back-to-back? And then what does that do to the rest of the season? So not saying that I think that'll happen, but it is something that I am very interested in seeing September 4th and September 11th, and how does Miami play in each of those games? I agree. I think the play is the under on the win total, but Mac, I have a Gramley guarantee for you on August, whatever day it is, Miami plus 18 and a half against Alabama. You're taking that? I'm taking it right now. Look, I've been, I was listening to a little Alabama chatter a couple days ago (laughs) from people who know. Let's just say that the offense has not looked great. And I think this is going to be more of a slugfest. Okay. I think we have two solid defenses here. You have two defensive-minded coaches, Saban and, and Manny Diaz. 
I don't see Bama winning this by 20. I could see like a 31-17, something like that. I think plus 18 and a half is the number here. That's a Gramlich guarantee. It's too early to be giving out Gramlich guarantees. I understand that, but I'm giving it out right now. I and love we'll it, revisit Gigi. that next I'm, week, too. That's right. I love the confidence. And as you said, next week is freaking game week. Woo! Let's go, guys. We are so jacked up. Cannot wait. It's going to be a special season for the ACC. We're almost done with our previews. We've got two more teams. And uh, I think there's a little bit of excitement about those two teams, Kelly Gramlich, that we'll talk about on Monday. But that's it for this episode. Do yourself a favor. Go check out our producer's show, Rich Take on Sports. Richmond Weaver does a great job on there, does a great job for us. Uh, if you guys only knew uh, the, the dedication, <laughs> the, the time, the sacrifices that Richmond puts in to make this show uh, what it is, we are forever indebted to him. But go check out his show, Rich Take on Sports, anywhere you check out your podcast. That's it from us. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. We always appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. It's always fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.